What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is Conf T with your SE. That's right. This is Conf T with your SE. I am your host, Brian Young. This is episode 56, and I am joined by two very special guests, but also, most importantly, my co-host, Mr. Tom Porto. How are you, sir? That's right. I love the most importantly. That I really appreciate that, Brian. Uh, you know, I'm just avoiding flooding as much as I can in this uh, ridiculous July that we're having. But other than that, I'm great. How about you, man? Hey, you know what? I'm good. And you know what? We have a we have a special surprise for uh, Mr. Porto here. Um, let it be known that Mr. Tom Porto has won a Dundee. <laughs> yes. Yes, Thank that you was so much. a lot longer than I remembered it being. But yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Porto has uh, won a Dundee. Mine is up on the corner there. But um, of course, what happens when an engineer wins uh, a Dundee at work and uh, there is no physical Dundee to be given? You 3D print one, of course. So how are you God. doing with your um, your Brian Young starter pack over there, Tom? Are you uh, are you rocking anything today? I'm lacking. I, 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 you know, I dropped the kids off at camp and then was gonna stop at Dunkin' to get my coffee, but I needed to get back to this as quickly as I could, so I couldn't get it. Well, as you can see by the the little I've got, clock display, on, what? What you got? What do you got? I got oh, the okay. Flipper, though. So All right, you got the flipper. I'm all right. We're partway there. Yeah, I, I'm glad you didn't stop at Dunkin' because we were already about 20 minutes late in starting this. But uh, you know, that's okay. <laughs> better, better late than never. That's why he's the most important. He he shows up whenever he feels like it. Yeah. So cool. Um, well, enough about Tom, because he's here, our, you know, he's here the rest of the time. We have, uh, as I said, two very special guests. One of them you may remember from previous episodes and also his YouTube channel, Cisco Sal. Salvatore, how are you, sir? Above average. How you doing today, Brian? Above average. I like that. So you're like a B plus today. Like a B plus, not quite an A, you know, just like a B plus, <laughs> maybe an A minus in, a, you know, a couple hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, so Sal, what have you been doing lately, man? I know you've been, you've been rocking the, the YouTube channel and, uh, posting stuff up there. What's, what's been going on in your world? Yeah, just been busy, you know, trying to get back into YouTube a little bit more, um, it's toward the end of the year. So hopefully things start to slow down a little over the summer. Maybe we can start focusing on that a little mm -hmm. bit more, but, uh, just been busy with work, really a lot of yeah. customer meetings and we've been down uh, a couple SEs. So just been running around a lot. Nice. Yeah, no, it's definitely busy. I, I still I still think my favorite YouTube video you ever did was demonstrating the uh, the noise removal feature on the WebEx Desk Pros. Uh, and by doing this, what you had your wife doing was mowing the lawn with the window open. <laughs> I, yeah. I still think that, that's still my favorite. I, she, and then you did another like, one recently where you're in the laundry room with the with the desk mini or whatever with the handle and you're <laughs> working on top it. of the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lawnmower one was was actually really funny. My wife, so when we moved into our house, I bought you know fifty four inch riding lawnmower, mm -hmm. and my wife's like, I am never getting on that thing. You know, my <laughs> my wife is like you know Jersey girl. You know, if, unless the there's a paved walking trail, she won't go on it. And I'm like, I just need you to jump on the mower. She's like, I don't even know how to use this thing. Like, I'm like, don't worry about it. Just jump on. And uh, yeah, it ended up being pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it was it was great. And I it's funny because I I use that video now. You know, to show my wife, be like, see, you you could mow the lawn too, right? Cisco <laughs> Sal got his wife to mow the lawn. I think you can uh, you can do it too. <laughs> or she's just in the background, death gripping that wheel, just. 
hoping to God it doesn't take off. <laughs> it was just so nonchalant. It was perfect. You know, you just see her just going across the back there. I'm like, that's perfect. Like you couldn't, you couldn't plan the timing any better. I thought it was just great. Uh, and, know, and, and a vote, great demonstration vote, of the technology. My vote might be the, uh, the Kohler sink installation video. I think uh, that one's <laughs> hey. that one's up there for me. <laughs> Did hey, you yeah, tie that, that back to Cisco scary, at all? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about Cisco. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a retro episode of this old house. <laughs> I was like, What's going on here? Sal, Sal's uh, reaching into his uh, inner Italian and, and and bringing out the plumber in him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you learn it's all the me, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> We're installing a sink. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for Great that movie. one. Well, the, yeah, the new Mario movie's good. I like that. Yep. It's very Agreed. good. You know, if, if uh, and of course, the, the kids go and see it and they come back and they're all like, peaches, peaches, peaches. I'm like, what the hell are you singing? I had to watch the movie myself. I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. Good old Jack Black, man. You can't, can't go wrong. Um, Cool. Well, uh, above average, Sal. I'm glad to glad to see you again. Glad you can come on. And we have a new face today. Uh, this is Alexis. Alexis, how are you? I hope it's a more better than above average. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm about to go on PTO, so I am definitely above average. There you go. Now, would that be uh, partial time off or pretend time off? Because uh, PTO at Cisco means uh, one of those two things. Usually, not paid time off where you're I actually think- off. I think more pretend time off, especially yeah. that it's the uh, the end of our fiscal this month. So, yeah, you know. So, Alexis, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Cisco? And I know you have a, a social media brand and following. Why don't you go into that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's so nice to meet, I guess, all of the new faces that I cannot see. Um, but my name's Alexis. I'm a Cisco SE. So I'm a generalist. I cover all Cisco technologies, everything from route switch, wireless, data center, um, security collaboration, any kind of new acquisitions. So, you know, Thousand Eyes, Valtics, um, all of those. Uh, I actually, I'm in the same role as Sal. So we're both SEs. Um, I've been with Cisco for about three years, and I support customers out of the Washington, D.C. area. Um, nice. And I recently started, I guess I, I recently started a few social platforms. Um, you can find them under Digital Byte, B-Y-T-E, you know, like a bite, um, on TikTok, like Twitter, um, Instagram, and I post some on LinkedIn. Nice. Yeah, I only, I only see the LinkedIn Stitch. stuff. Stitch, uh, anyone on Stitch yet? Stitch. Oh, you mean threads? Threads, threads. Yeah, See, I'm, I, not even, oh I'm not even up. I've been at, I've been at Nash in Nashville the last week, so I'm like wow. trying to hear Stitch. from this stuff through the radio. <laughs> I, I accidentally made a Threads account, and now it won't let you delete it without deleting your whole Instagram. Um, I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's a, <laughs> wasn't that's a whole wasn't Mark Zuckerberg like bragging about? how many millions of people signed up for it. Dude, they got and like seven, they got like 7 million people in the first 24 hours or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. But then the next article I read is, is talking about the same issue that you're saying where it's like, well, you can't get rid of your threads account unless you delete your Instagram. I'm like, are we seriously saying how many people signed up and how many people want to delete their accounts all in like the same day? Like the two well, articles right next to each other. It was this like weird banner. It didn't tell you until after you signed up. So 
on Instagram, you'd get like a push notification, sign up for threads and you'd click it. And then there'd be all of these, like, you know, like the workflow that walks you through importing your Instagram contacts or follow the same people you follow on Instagram and then copy over your bio and profile picture. And you'd like hit all those buttons. And then it says, by the way, you can't delete this. So you were like already, <laughs> you're, already two, you know, right. you're already two feet in. Sign up with a different account then. <sighs> yeah. Tom, do you feel old right now? I feel very old right now. Yeah. Someone start dropping some slang that I don't understand. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll jump off. The I mean, I, I feel a little bit better that even, even Cisco Sal over there, you know, called it the wrong name, but <laughs> he's like, did you sign up for your and, yarn you know, account? <laughs> all we had was MySpace, AOL Instant Messenger, maybe some yeah. ICQ, IRC back in the day. You know, I don't, I don't think we needed more than that. <laughs> ICQ with your uh, ICP <laughs> playing, playing some insane clown posse while you're talking to your friends on ICQ. <laughs> I bet Alexis doesn't even know what any of those platforms I are. Couldn't, Maybe I right. couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I had to explain to my kids what a dial tone was the other day. <laughs> like, what's a <laughs> dial tone? Ay, ay, ay. All right. Um, so we'll definitely be sure to uh, put some links there uh, to your social media platforms, uh, Alexis. I, I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm glad that I'm not on this stuff anymore. I'm, I got the LinkedIn and that's, that's all I need. And you know, the YouTube stuff for this and, and that's, that's all I need, but, uh, we're only what, 10 minutes in and we haven't even you know, gotten to anything other than uh, talking about threads here, which is fine. Um, our point of this conversation, this, uh, meeting of the minds is to go over Cisco live and do a little bit of a recap. Now, reason we brought on Alexis besides, um, you know, her, awesomeness which is funny I, I hold on i can't get over the fact that it's been three years it seems mm-hmm. like just yesterday we were doing the, the, the training stuff yeah has it been that fun, that long that already yeah uh, fun stuff guys brian used to be one of my mentors i used to be oh his you know used to be yeah it's all right it's all right i'm halfway we haven't in, talked the in a anyway. while we haven't talked in a while i know I know it happens. I'm I'm not on, you know, I'm not the generalist anymore. I moved over to the to the specialist roles and now this is the only way I keep in touch with you people. That's <laughs> all right. Um but the reason we brought on Alexis is because you were actually there, which is uh, something I'm quite jealous of. In 7 years I've still not gone to Cisco Live. So, um uh, so hoping you could just kind of tell us what it was like, what the uh what the overall ambience was and, and just in general, how, uh, how things were received and what the uh, excitement levels were and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the, the scale of Cisco live really blew my mind. Uh, I, I mean, I knew I was going to a big tech conference, but I don't think I could have imagined the magnitude until I got there. Um, and I think, uh, it was Blake Shelton at the keynote. He said it best, right? He was like, yeah, my agent came up and told me I was playing a stadium for Cisco. And I said, who's Cisco? And then I walked in here (laughs) and there was 30,000 people. I didn't realize I was playing for 30,000 people. Who are you people? So um, just being, you know, being in in that environment um, for the, the four or five days was really cool. Um, there was keynotes, there was this huge showroom floor called the the world of solutions where we had, 
Um, Cisco had brought out a ton of their technology partners, um, everything from traditional like value-added resellers to partners like AWS or, or Microsoft were all there um, demoing different solutions. And at least for me, it was really cool because I work mostly remotely. Um, I do, you know, I'm a field rep, so I support customers um, live in their offices. So it's not very often that I'm in a Cisco office or you know, I get to see us come out in full force as this huge global company. And so um, it was a really unique experience, especially for me to see, you know, all of the support and resources um, that we do have. Nice. I I, I always love those because I've never been, as I said, to Cisco Live, but we do have our our internal uh, Cisco only Mm -hmm. conference that we do every year. And one of my favorite things is what we call the hub, which I imagine is pretty similar to that. Um, what was it? The World of Solutions was it called? World Did of I Solutions. Mess that up? Yep. It is. It is the same. Yeah. Um, or very similar. The World of Solutions, I would say, is like maybe two or three times larger than the hub. Wow. If you can, if you can picture that scale, I mean, it was the entire conference room. Wow, that's that's incredible, and that that was always my favorite things because you could really just, you know walk your way through and you'd see so many different things and, 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 you know, maybe it was some hardware, maybe it was a demo or, you know, something that being shown on a screen that just caught your eye and you could just go and just talk with that person and be like, Hey, like, what about this? Or what about that? And, uh, Mm -hmm. bounce ideas off of them. And and to me, the last, the last time that we did a, um, a Cisco impact, um, recap episode a couple of years ago, cause it was before COVID, um, and I did, we didn't do one last year. Um, I just spent majority of my time in the hub and just going around and talking to all these various people and just talking about the various solutions that they had. And, you know, there was a ton of topics, uh, to, to go over. So that's great. Yeah. Um, anything that and stood out to you in the, uh, in the world of solutions um, or anywhere else? I'm, so I'm a huge people person. Uh, something that was cool for me was getting to talk to a lot of our customers in person and not just, you know, my personal customers I support, but, you know, customers globally, you could just walk up to, um, they had a lot of, you, you know, these little hubs where people would gather, um, they were serving drinks or food and you could walk up and, you know, Hey, as a customer, I don't know you, it's, this is basically anonymous. Can I get your honest take on zero trust? Right. Or can I get your honest take on the announcements we just talked about? What do you think? Um, so that was really cool. And also I, I feel like it's hard to go to Cisco live and, and hate on Cisco. Right. I know that some customers like to to give Cisco a bit of a hard time and sometimes it's well deserved, but it's really hard to go to this conference where, you know, everything is so big and in your face and be like, ah, not a fan, you know, <laughs> I came here just to prove how much of a fan I'm not. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I saw a couple of those videos here and there where you were just kind of like just, you know, up in someone's face, like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, hey, I'm it works. It works. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. Sal, um, you didn't go this year. Have, 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 you've gone in years past or? I went in 2019. I think it was just before the pandemic. Just before. Okay. Yeah. 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 That year. That was, that was, that was amazing. I mean, I echo everything Alexis said. Uh, the year that I went, we had Weezer and Foo Fighters playing. What? And that was, <laughs> that was. <a> phenomenal <laughs> no, show. are you kidding me? Yeah, it was in San Diego and like Ooh. the city was buzzing when people found out who was coming to town, like 
people were reselling their tickets to get in there on <laughs> uh, on Craigslist, and they were going for like a couple hundred dollars. It was it was insane. I was meeting random people out the bar, and they're like, "How, how can I go to this concert?" <laughs> And it was it was just something else. I had a great I'm time upset. out there. What a lineup! <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was still in college in 2019. Yeah. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Tom, I'm feeling old again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Tom, have you gone to live? Yeah, not not actually as an employee though. As a customer, I went twice. Oh yes. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, they were both in Vegas. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was the sheer run on swag announcements. Uh, you know, there'd be vendors who were like, Oh, we're releasing another swag tomorrow. And you'd have people just lined up with bags ready to fill, you know, all the (laughs) useless junk that people give out at these conferences, you know, tennis balls and fidget spinners and stuff like that. I don't know if I'd call it useless. I got a lot of t-shirts. I got a lot. I, still I got don't a lot have of t-shirts. Any of it, so I, to me, it was useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's that's useless to me. None, no shirts that anyone ever gives out ever fit me. So <laughs> that that could be a problem. That could be a problem. Yeah. But yeah, between the the fidget spinners, the little stress balls. You know, I have my wife says I have way too many travel mugs. Um, so I can't. I'm not allowed to get those anymore. Um, but yeah, there's there's. There's always some cool stuff that they that they give out with the company branding on it. So yeah, I'm the only person that hasn't gone yet, and I'm I'm mad because I was supposed to go to the one on t- in 2020, but we all know what happened then. So <laughs> I'm uh I'm feeling a little down. Maybe next year because I would love to go out there, especially you know uh, as the show and go out there and, and chat with people and do a real live recap right then and there. But um, you know. Hopefully, hopefully soon. So let's let's kind of go over some of the announcements that ha- that that came out of uh, this year's Cisco Live. Uh, no, there was a lot. I definitely heard a lot of rumblings around uh, those two letters that are our favorites this time around. Uh, Tom, what are those two letters that are our favorite letters of all time right now? AI. There you go. Chat GPT right in this episode too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as you can tell, it's 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 so well so well written, <laughs> so eloquent, so eloquent. But yeah, I think there was a. I heard a lot of rumblings around um, AI and natural language models and and uh, all this stuff being integrated into various products. And uh, you know, some of them I'm I'm curious and and, and wanting to see how it will will turn out. Uh, mm-hmm. And others, definitely, I think I'm more excited about. Um, but let's just kind of go through, uh, Alexis, I know you put together this awesome presentation that you and uh, salad presented, but, um, let's just kind of go over kind of the few things that we saw in there. I know there's a few announcements around, um, the enterprise networking piece, especially around Cisco networking cloud. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Cisco Networking Cloud is one of the key announcements. And I think a big thing here is to realize that this is a vision. Right, Cisco mm-hmm. Networking Cloud is a vision for simplifying the customer experience and really trying to make everything a little bit easier to manage. So this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. It's the target of where Cisco is trying to go. And some big things that they're shooting for with this is going to be a common UI and cross-platform navigation across all the different solutions. So whether you're working in DNA Center, Meraki, 
Thousand Eyes, Nexus Dashboard, IWO, you know, you name it. We've got a dashboard for everything, but they're going to try to make that experience feel a little bit more unified. Mm-hmm. So you know where all the buttons are. Things are very similar from dashboard to dashboard. And if you want to cross launch from one into the other, um, we have all of these, you know, sweet integrations between WebEx Control Hub and Thousand Eyes or Meraki and Thousand Eyes. Um, could we make that process a little bit more seamless for our customers? It's it's funny. It's it sounds like uh, almost like they're taking a page out of what we've been doing in the security space for a little while now with the rebranding, mm-hmm. right? Everything is now Cisco secure something, right? Cisco secure firewall, secure endpoint, et cetera, et cetera. And we've also made announcements, at least internally, talking about how we're going to be rebranding everything to make it look very similar, to have that same look and feel. Mm-hmm. And obviously with the announcements of around XDR, we're going to be taking that to the to the next level too in terms of common ui cross-platform uh single sign-on they're they're talking about that too i know that was something they Mm -hmm. were they were Mm -hmm. working on and implementing you know it it, it takes a while to get there it's 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 all a vision it doesn't happen overnight there's a lot of moving uh, moving parts to this and of course a lot of design uh you know things to to think about when putting all this together and trying to make it look the same as you go from one thing to another uh, but I think it all goes back to that classic uh, phrase we like to use of the Moroccification of traditional Cisco products. Right. And, and that's and a, something that's going to be the magnetic dashboard, right? Yeah. Alexis, you've heard uh, that term, but I think uh, everything's going to that magnetic dashboard like the Meraki dashboard looks like. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to clear that up because I know a few of my customers were like, oh, Cisco Networking Cloud, when can I buy it? What is this? Like, when can I buy it? And it's not something you can purchase. It is the vision of where Cisco is trying to go. So wanted to make sure we cleared that up first. Um, Some of the other um, Ian announcements. So there is going to be new branding for Cisco Catalyst. So previously we had DNA Center and DNA Licensing. All of that is going to be rebranded to Catalyst Center and Catalyst Licensing. So the entire Catalyst portfolio, um, including Viptela. Viptela is going to be rebranded to Catalyst SD-WAN. So um, nice. just some changes in the naming conventions there. Yeah, it, it makes it makes things simpler, right? Because, you know, for, for it, I would say it makes things simpler for people coming in, uh, for the people that have been around for a while, and, and, and us, you know, as sellers. Like, I st- we've been doing this stuff with on the security side for a while now. And I, I still call things by their old names, Stealth Watch and Firepower and Amp for Endpoints Waves. and Threat Grid, right? It's like I don't even I don't even know what the threat grid new name is. I, I forget. So it's like, okay, let's just go off of, you know, what I know at the time with the first name that pops up. Uh, but at least I'm not calling it Landcope and I'm not referring to Pixes anymore. So that's that's always <laughs> a plus. <laughs> But cool, yeah. So just uh, Catalyst Center, Catalyst Software Licensing, Catalyst Wireless Switching, Catalyst Routing, and Catalyst mm-hmm. SD WAN for replacing uh, the Viptela, which again is just going to make things easier. And Spaces got renamed too. I think that was probably a previous announcement, but it's no longer DNA Spaces either. It's just just Spaces, and I think I think it makes a lot of sense because like, what is DNA? Like when it came out, yeah. people were like. 
isn't everything digital already? Like we're, we're on switches. Like where, where are we changing from analog to digital? Like it didn't make, never made any sense. Like this DNA thing and, you know, everyone confused like, oh, okay. So if I have DNA, that means I just have access to DNA center. And it's like, right. no, there's actually like CLI commands that are in DNA. And, oh, if you want NetFlow and you want to enable NBAR, like that's also part of DNA advantage. And for the longest time, people were just like, I, I don't get DNA. Like I don't, I don't need DNA. <laughs> so I don't, I don't yeah. need to buy this license. And it's like, no, we need to look and make sure you don't need it. Cause there's, a, there are a lot of other things in there. So hopefully this rename of everything helps the field SEs and account managers really go out and explain more what, what we're doing and what this licensing model actually is. Did, did DNA actually stand for, was it an acronym for something? Digital. Yeah. Digital network architecture. Thought it was actually Post DNA. to ANA analog network <laughs> architecture, which was <laughs> which would be smoke signals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think um, you know, and we've seen this across the board at Cisco, right? I mean, we did the exact same thing with uh, with WebEx, right? We 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 knew that WebEx was a uh, a well known brand name, and we decided to say, okay, we're going to name everything after. WebEx, we're gonna we're gonna you know use that and and take that going forward. Uh, Catalyst makes the same thing, right? Catalyst is a very well known uh, defined name, and um, well, we didn't really have one with on the security side, so we just call it Cisco Secure. It's funny because we I was at a um, I was at a networking event. Uh, it was the Cybersecurity Risk Alliance uh, uh, Cybersecurity Summit, and. Um, we had a, a booth and everything and everything was branded Cisco secure, Cisco secure. And I cannot tell you how many people came up to me and were like, you know, Oh, Cisco secure. Is this like an offshoot of Cisco? Like, you know, what is it? And I'm like, and I'm like, it's still Cisco. But, and, and it's funny because at first I was like, man, you know, I'm a little upset at marketing now for doing this because they, <laughs> I've got to answer the same question every time. But then I was like, you know what? It actually works because I'm getting people, you know, coming over here and talking to me about this stuff and they're learning. So I guess I can't be too mad at marketing because it's doing yeah. its job. So, yeah, Cisco, Cisco Secure, Cisco Catalyst and Cisco WebEx. I like it. I like it. Um, so definitely we got some some simplified licensing options coming out. Is that what I'm uh, seeing here too, uh, Alexis? Yep. So starting with the Catalyst switches, uh, this new licensing is going to combine hardware and software support into a single subscription. So previously, customers were renewing those separately, sometimes made the renewals a little bit hairy, um, and they're going to remove yep. some of that complexity by tying those all together. Nice. That's Again, that goes to the Moroccification piece, right? I mean, that was always kind of the... Uh, the, the thing there is that when you got a Meraki license, it included the support piece. So as long as you had the, the license to operate the equipment, you had the support to go along with it. So yep. I like that because I've run into cool. that issue before with many times with customers where they don't understand that the smart net is not the licensing or the licensing is not the smart net. And, you know, they'll buy virtual appliance and be like, well, where's my smart net? I'm like, well, you don't mm -hmm. get smart net. You get Swiss because there's no hardware to support. And it just it becomes a nightmare. Um, so. No, that's that's a good move. Um, what about the uh, what about this pervasive AI? What's what's this? Yeah, so this is cool. I'm sure everyone has heard AI. It's like you know the new hot buzzword. 
Um, hasn't, hasn't come up on this, on this podcast <laughs> at all. <laughs> so you'll see this throughout, um, throughout the presentation, but Cisco's been putting AI throughout the portfolio and specifically in the enterprise networking piece, um, we've got AI for Wi-Fi. So both in, and Sal, I might need your help a little bit here, but in the Meraki and the Catalyst line of Wi-Fi, um, they created a Cisco wireless cloud that's essentially a data lake where we're using AI to analyze wireless trends um, in either, you know, either platform to help our customers do more, a little more automation, more um, analytics, things like that. But there's something that's really cool. It's called AI Enhanced RRM or radio resource management, where customers can actually use AI to analyze their network in real time and help them make adjustments to their wireless solution. So instead of deploying Wi-Fi and wandering around the office to test it and adjusting all your radios to do all of that fine tuning, um, this AI RRM is going to do a lot of that for you, analyzing the wireless experience for your users and then suggesting where to make changes. Um, and this is in both DNA Center or Meraki. Wow. And I think, I think the really cool thing about that too is, Alexis hit on it, we've got one AI cloud platform that Catalyst Wireless feeds into and Meraki Wireless feeds into. So pick your platform, but at the high level, we're still learning from both platforms and sharing information back and forth. And that goes towards a lot of the simplification talk. I know that was really big at, at Cisco Live where we need to start simplifying our product portfolio as well. And the latest access points that came out, the 9100 series, they can be run on 9160 series. They can be run on um, Catalyst, or you can flip the firmware over and they can be run in the cloud on Meraki. So you're only buying one hardware SKU now at this point and you right. pick which platform. So, and I think that goes a long ways too toward making sure manufacturing processes are a lot easier, you know, instead of manufacturing very similar switches, but one runs on Meraki and one runs on, you know, Catalyst and, and Catalyst Center. Let's have one platform and just you pick how you want to run it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. And I'm, I'm excited about the, uh, the AI enhanced RRM um, because I think in, 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 if you go back to, um, we've done a, at least one or two Wi-Fi uh, specific episodes. We talk about the importance of site surveys, and we talk about the differences of active versus passive, and how important an active site survey is, because you're going to get close to real world um, examples and and data and throughput and and and, and whatnot. And I, I would I would say that this takes it a step further because if you're going to do uh, an active site survey, right, and you're doing it properly, right, you've got the a, the access point on the stick that, you know, goes up to the to the ceiling and you've got your laptop and other devices going around um, to figure out what your what your uh, your signal quality is, your drop rate, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what it's not taking into account is the fact that there's, you know, potentially tens or hundreds of people walking around, sitting, moving around other furniture that might be moved into place. And the only way you're going to get that real world uh, data is to be taking it constantly 
from the APs mm-hmm. and the clients, which is why years ago we came out with those little, um, they were like little client boxes, right? That would, that would sit on your network. It was, it was part of the DNA piece. Do you remember this, Sal? Yeah. It, it was, it was like a little client access point that you would just place anywhere you wanted to. And it would, it would have a, a hardwired connection to the network, but it would act as a wireless client and the AP would know about it and it would go ahead and, and run all these different tests and it would be able to see um, the tests from both ends, right? It could see it from the client's point of view and it can also see it obviously from the access points point of view. But I think utilizing the the data lake of collecting all these trends from a large pool of access points of different types and in various uh, locations as well as um, you know the AI piece to kind of go through all that data and and make sense of it um, I think this is a, a good thing sounds like it's gonna have some uh, some some good uh, outcomes from it I'm excited to see what what becomes of it very cool um, any other thing you wanted to add I know that you got a note here on SD WAN consumption models that is that changing up a little bit too a little bit. I, we don't know too much about this yet. Um, there haven't been a ton okay. of details, but it seemed like customers can now consume SD-WAN with a subscription model. Um, it was cloud-delivered SD-WAN. Um, it said the announcement that they talked about it live said that customers will be able to spin up SD-WAN in minutes. So it's supposed to shorten the deployment time frame. Um, but I'm not sure... I don't know. I haven't seen that many details on it yet. I, I'm more of a believe it when I see it kind of gal. So yeah. you know how some of these announcements are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. That, that's fine. Right. We're going to, at least we're making the announcements and uh, talking about the vision, you know, going forward and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. So cool stuff. Um, I don't know if Sal, did you want me to switch over to you for that next section? I know I saw your name on it. Uh, do you want to yeah, do that? I mean, or? We, could, we, we could talk about uh, security. I think it was the next set of announcements. Yeah. That and I know, Brian, you are the security guru. So maybe I can I start it. off the conversation and you can kind of fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what you got wrong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'll go over a couple of the announcements real quick here. So I think um, the three things that I picked out from Cisco Live on the security front is Cisco Multi-Cloud Defense, which was really just our acquisition of Vaultix. And mm-hmm. now we're actually implementing that, um, you know, rebranding it for Cisco. But essentially, you know, when I started looking into it, it's it's a cloud-based firewall. And there's a couple of really good videos out on YouTube. Maybe you can put them in your show notes or something, but just showing how simple it is to deploy a cloud firewall with the Vaultex acquisition. And it's like three clicks and like, hey, you're up and running. Um, and then when you actually go into the program, I mean, it looks like any regular firewall. Um, you've got URL filtering in there. You've got, you know, I think there's some stuff around DNS in there. You've got all your main firewalling capabilities there and it's a way to spin up firewalls very quickly inside of all the different clouds out there so if i've got any uh traffic going between different hosts inside of the same cloud they're going to be protected but then i think you know the probably even more powerful thing is between clouds so if i have to go from azure to aws uh we've we can actually do firewalling between those two clouds now as well Nice. Yeah. Just, just based on what I'm, I'm reading here, just based on the notes, um, 
<clears throat> it definitely seems that it fills the 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 need of if you're in different clouds, if you're in a multi-cloud environment where you've got some workloads in AWS, some of them in Azure, so maybe some in GCP. The problem is, is that each of those solutions has their own set of controls, uh, specifically around their security controls as well. So things like, you know, your layer four, layer seven firewalls, your ACLs, they're, they may be all worded differently. So if you want to have the same granular policy across, you know, those three platforms in currently without this, you would have to go into each platform figure out how to set it up so that it's identical and then, you know, hope that you got it right. And then if you need to make a change, you'd have to go into each, each one and change it manually. So this kind of just puts all that uh, aside and says, okay, you've got the same level of inspection control and unified security uh, across all those platforms in one dashboard, which I will say too, this is something that has always been possible with, you know, the virtual fire firepower, right? So virtual FTD, you could put that in front of your Azure or, or AWS. I'm not sure if it's supported in GCP. I think it is. Um, but you could do that and have everything, you know, in, in, uh, in firepower management center, which is fine. But for those customers that maybe don't want that level of, um, that that depth and that amount of control or maybe even that licensing piece right because it, it can get expensive um this sounds like a, a simpler option and another option to be able to go down so that's that's pretty cool and that's available today yeah yep available today cool cool what else we got so the other two announcements here um sse which is really part of the whole sassy story i think it's more the cloud portions of of sassy you know let's remove sd-wan out of there yep. um and let's talk sse and i think you know cisco has had probably the best SaaS full sassy solution out there we'll say uh, but i think the problem that that cisco had is that while we have the best solution out there and it's the most complete you also don't have like a single dashboard to kind of go into everything and it's it's multiple dashboards uh all over the place and you know again while it's most complete it may not be the most user friendly because of that so with this whole sse announcement here we're kind of uh updating the umbrella cloud to like umbrella 2.0 we'll call it and we're going to have sort of a single dashboard and replace a couple of the components inside of there. So like things like clientless VPN are going to be done a little bit differently, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll have finally like a single dashboard for you to go in and manage all the cloud components of, of that SASE solution. Nice. And Brian, I don't know if you want to add a couple comments there. No, I think, I, I think we've, um, you know, we've, we've had a little bit of some false starts, uh, I think in, in that area. Um, I think our VPN story has been strong for a very long time. I think the clientless piece was something that we were definitely falling behind uh, a long time, you know, for a while. Um, and it was a, it was a feature that was never brought over to FTD and then eventually was cut out of the ASA code and a recent, you know, fairly recently just completely dropped and it, it, it couldn't do what it needed to do. It, it couldn't keep up with, with the demand. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see, this, you know, retooling from where we were about, I would say about a year ago. Um, you know, I thought we were in a good place a year ago and, and, you know, it wasn't really working out. Uh, I think there was a, a lot of, um, 
in some internal issues that they had to sort through. And unfortunately, that project had to be kind of abandoned and retooled. Um, so I'm excited to see this. I know a lot of my customers are, are talking about the zero trust piece, the clientless VPN. Um, you know, it's 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 something that you know we need to have an offering of, and it, it sounds like we've got a good place for it, a good home for it in the umbrella cloud and in, in those data centers. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to to see this, and my understanding is it's been demoing very well as as well. So, yeah, good, good stuff. Definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, definitely. Tom, any Tom, any thoughts? You're uh, you're quieter than usual. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just uh, kind of reading along, like taking a lot of this in. I think, uh, yeah, I was I was you kind of mentioned it. I, I think that we we did have some missteps in that in that space, um, yeah. but it, it's good to see that we're kind of retooling it. And I think it's I think using Umbrella to your point is a I think it's a good base for that. So it's a very strong tool already. Yeah, one one hundred percent. You know, and I, I don't think we're we're sharing any state secrets here because I mean, I think everyone that was going down that path about a year, year and a half ago that suddenly got upended and we're like, oh, this is not something we offer anymore. They they know that we were going down a certain path. It didn't work. We we pulled the plug and we had another offering available, but it was not as robust and there were some some other issues internally. Um, so. You know, glad that we didn't just leave it leave it there. We had to obviously retool some stuff and, and work on it to get it going in the umbrella cloud. Uh, but it sounds like it's ready for prime time and uh, excited to to see where it goes. Yep. Also excited about this uh, new uh, firewall announcement because you know me, man. I'm I'm the firewall. <laughs> I I am like the firewall guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting at Cisco Live. I feel like there's usually a lot of hardware announcements, and I feel like this one there really wasn't a lot. It was very, very software heavy, very cloud heavy. Um, probably a sign of the times, but you yeah. know, there was a new firewall announcement and uh, a couple IoT hardware products. So we're going to we'll cover cover in a second here, but the 4200 series appliance, um, and really, I, I didn't see a whole lot different than the current Firepower line or Cisco Secure Firewall, because I guess we're renaming everything now to Cisco Secure Firewall. Mm-hmm. Um, besides it just being you know better, faster, stronger, uh, I think that the max throughput here now is 150 gigs per second, and you can even you can even cluster these things up and get you know terabits worth of throughput on these devices. So. Yeah, I don't think I saw too much of, hey, it's going to be doing this new feature type stuff, besides it just being a faster version of kind of what's out there today. And then depending on who you talk to, yes, it's going to be a replacement of the 4100s. Maybe it's not going to be. 4100s might stay around for a little while longer. Um, but, you know, maybe in the far distant future, maybe a replacement for the 4100s. Yeah, I mean, just just on the speeds alone, I'm, I'm looking at that hardware portfolio slide that you got in there um just on the speeds alone it could completely replace the 9300s um you know by its numbering scheme it looks like a a replacement and an upgrade to the 4000 series and i'm sure that's probably the pricing point that it's 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 at but i mean one uh, 70 to 145 or 150 gigabits per second uh on a standalone you know, device and then 1.6 terabits per second on a 16 node cluster. That's, those are impressive speeds and those blow the 9,300 out of the water. So, um, 
you know, definitely meant for very large data center and service provider customers. Um, and as far as uh, I'm, I'm going to correct you a little bit, Sal. Oh, so good, as, as, good. as far Please as, <laughs> yeah, I'm, this is what I'm here for. So where a lot of the um, advancements in firepower have been lately is around the, there. it's two fronts. It is the hardware and it is the software. On the hardware front, this is something we came out with with the 3100s is the um, the architecture and the CPU architecture that's built in uh, allows for faster data flow and faster um, access to uh, hardware accelerated decryption and uh, encryption tools. And it was they, they had a slide that showed, you know, kind of like, hey, this is how we used to do it before. And everything had to kind of go through this little bit of a bottleneck to get to the CPU. And they've shifted that all around so that the CPU is kind of uh, first and foremost, and these CPUs are, you know, hardware accelerated for the tools that they need for decryption and, 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 and repackaging. Um, but on the software side, too, and this is something that uh, has come up in 7.2 release, is the encrypted visibility engine. So, Alexis, uh, Sal, have either of you heard of this uh, EVE? For the ETA. You've heard of ETA. Good. <clears throat> so. I was going to say, I have not. I have not. ETA is the furthest thing I've heard of. <laughs> All right. Tom, I think I've talked to you about this. So I, I think you already know about this. Yep. All right. So EVE is basically what ETA was on Catalyst, but for the firewall, where I think it personally belongs. It allows uh, the firewall to have access to understanding what that data is within those encrypted packets without needing to decrypt it. So it looks at the metadata, it looks at the headers, it looks at uh, patterns, just like ETA did on the catalyst switches. And it's able to make inferences of what that data is, as well as um, what the client is, in terms of, let's say I'm, I'm going to a website and I'm using uh, Firefox or Google Chrome, it can it can infer what that is versus just saying, oh, it's an SSL client. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've demoed this many times to customers where I'll have a block Firefox rule that I'll turn on. And by having the EVE on, I'm still going to, I'm trying to go to encrypted sites. Normally, I would not get blocked. It would just allow through because it's like, oh, it's an encrypted packet. I'm not, I don't have any decryption rules. I'm just going to let it go through. But now with EVE turned on, it realizes, oh, because I'm looking at the um, the metadata and the headers, I'm able to determine that's Firefox. I know that's Firefox. I'm going to go ahead and block that connection because it hits this rule. The, the example I love giving is for a long time on my firepower setup in the in the back room here, I had these this rule that was block high-risk apps. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this this makes sense, right? Just, you know. Pick a category, high risk, you know, very high and high. I blocked them both, and I had that rule in there for years. Never had a problem. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I turn on the EVE, the encrypted visibility engine, and now all these applications now are getting blocked. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? It took me a minute to figure out what was actually happening. The encrypted visibility engine gave my system teeth now to actually enforce the rules that were already in place. And that, I mean, it was night and day. I'm like, okay, this thing definitely works. So it's not just, uh, you cool. know, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it actually works, and it doesn't have to decrypt. So, again, Sal, very similar to what we were doing um, with ETA on the Catalyst, and I believe it's actually the same the same guy or guys that were on that team that designed it over for Firepower, too. So, Cool. That's, that's the huge piece there, and that's a software feature that's available in 7.2 and beyond. So and that's, that's... Brian, which platforms is that coming out for? Might be something good to tell the audience that's that's on every firewall that's running 7.2 or, or greater nice and that's that's the beauty of it because it's software based there's there's not a lot of resource necessary it's not doing actual decryption so it doesn't matter if it's running on a 1010 or a 4245 doesn't matter and brian before we uh move on from security i'm not sure if you were planning on talking about ice 3.3 .3. uh <laughs> ice 3.3 .3 was announced this morning yeah, yeah I, I did see morning. that email. I did see that email this morning. And you know, the, the beauty of it is ICE is quite often uh, thought to be a security product and it's not, it's not in my, my portfolio of, of things to cover. And I'm kind <laughs> until of until next year, until next year, Brian, when that's, they bring it, the that's security. fine. Let, let them, let them try, let them try. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did, uh, I did see that. I don't know if there was anything in that email announcement that was, uh, um, brief enough to to read on the on the show here but yeah i did i did see that uh 3.3 new features and improvements designed to strengthen your network's uh security boost efficiency provide unparalleled flexibility uh bunch of stuff here i it think oh, yeah, like ipv6 it, support it, it looked like Go a ahead. lot of um analytics like beefed up analytics i know um when i was at cisco live it was something they were talking about adding an ai to ice to help you do um yeah i've seen that here so ai and everything yeah ai ai ml based profiling uh unidentified endpoints can be a challenge uh cisco ice 3.3 employs artificial intelligence and machine learning profile and multi-factor classification to swiftly identify clusters of similar unknown endpoints. Nice. Yeah. Posture for ARM-based windows. Cool. Yeah. So it uh, looks like uh, cloud availability. It's going to be available uh, pretty soon on AWS, Azure, Oracle Cloud. Um, yeah. Looks like it's uh, available now, 3.3. .3. So check, check that out. Read the release notes. Make sure it's a good fit for you. Um, but it sounds like uh, pretty cool stuff. I'm actually going to probably try it out in my lab, even though I don't support it. It's, it always comes up. It's like, I need to know about it, but I don't want to, <laughs> I have enough stuff to do, <laughs> but good, good call out there. Um, cool stuff. Um, let's switch over to, to the IOT stuff. Uh, Sal, you mentioned some, uh, some stuff there. Yeah. So two new hardware products on the IOT front. Uh, <clears throat> we have a new, they're calling it a 9300 IoT switch, so 9320 and a 9310. Um, <laughs> looking looking into this, it's it's actually a 9200, based on the stacking and the hardware inside of it and everything. I don't yeah. know how marketing got a hold of it and are calling it a 9300, but it's a 9300 industrial Ethernet switch. Um, I guess maybe they're getting away with it because they, they did add a little bit of compute power to these switches. 
So that way you can run like a uh, cyber vision client, things like that on the device. So if you're pulling telemetry information out of your IoT network, um, it, you know, come directly from the switch. So that was new from the switching perspective. There's two versions of it, 9320, which is a stackable switch. Um, I think it's 160 gig stacking because that's what the 9200 is. And then there's a, also a uh, 9310, which does not have stacking on it. So it just depends on you know where you need these switches to go and which version. Um, I think max ports on these things are they're like 24 port versions or 28 because they got a couple extra ports on there. There's not going to be like a 48 port version of this or anything. Right. Um, the really cool thing is they increased the uh, temperature ranges on this here too. So, you know, it can go to negative 100 degrees. So if you're, if you're planning a trip to Antarctica and you need a switch, <laughs> definitely put this one. You're going to put the switch outside. <laughs> <laughs> and if you plan on using it near a campfire, fire 167 degrees Fahrenheit. So, <laughs> plan on using your switch near a campfire sal i think that's cover. that's the next video for you right there <laughs> that's you need to get one of those heavy Look. duty access points and a switch and be like yeah normally this would be a bad thing but because it's right. cisco ie we're good the switch is actually melting but still passing traffic <laughs> <laughs> minimal packet loss even at 160 guys, degrees amazing have you seen have you seen the advertisement videos they do for that like they'll do a if you look at any of the ads, I think they're on the YouTube channel, but it's a video of someone like kicking an AP down a stairwell <laughs> and then plugging no. it in to see if it works. Yeah. It's or like I'm, running it over with a truck and then plugging it in. It's kind of oh funny. My God. We, we're going to have to look those up and maybe put them on the, the show notes there. Cause that's, that's great. I would prefer to see Sal's wife riding a lawnmower over a catalyst, uh, uh heavy duty video. access point. While, that's the next video. On fire though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'd be fine with having flamethrowers yeah. coming out of the back of the ride around. I'm, just don't tell her until, you know, ready, action. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, that's that's cool. I mean, you know, listen, it, it, I, I've been in manufacturing and those 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 uh those lines can get pretty warm it can it can get hot in there um there was one part of the building that we had it was called heat treat and that's exactly what they did they they heat treated metal and uh in the summertime when they were running those furnaces it got up to about i don't know a couple like about 110 it was pretty warm in there yeah. but it was a dry heat it was okay it was like you know going to arizona it's fine to vegas yeah. vegas in august yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> who thought of that uh cool so, and then we got the new ap's as well right and i think uh th yep. i see uh wi-fi 6e on those yep so there's gonna be two nice. modes for these these things possibly three um but the two modes is you can use it as an industrial wi-fi 6 you know normal catalyst access point or you can flip it into curb mode which is the fluid mesh acquisition that we had um oh nice curb mode that's if I want to do like a mesh outdoor environment or if I've got, you know, I've got a customer that uses them on trains going through yeah, train yeah. yards and stuff like that. Um, so you're going to be able to do, either do use it as a curb radio or a traditional catalyst radio. That's cool. And, you know, again, when I looked into this a little bit, it, it does have what it needs in it to be a catalyst access point as well. But 
apparently that's not in the near-term roadmap. So maybe in the future, you okay. know, it could be a catalyst industrial, industrial Ethernet um, product. But uh, today it's only going to be catalyst and curb. Did you say, when you said you it could be a catalyst, did you mean Meraki? No catalyst. Oh, okay. I'm confused. I'm confused because you said it's currently today catalyst, but it has the potential to be a catalyst. So, it, it, sorry, it has the potential to be, to be a Meraki. Right. That's what we thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. 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 Yes. <laughs> All right. So it's today operational as a catalyst or curb, but in the future potentially could have the ability to be a Meraki. Uh, Correct, because we're okay. using the 9160 chipsets in there that okay. today can be either Catalyst or Meraki. Good to know, yeah, because Meraki does not have anything in the um, industrial um, side of the you know, portfolio. They have a couple outdoor units, but, you know, I've... I've, which, I've go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, which would be great because, I mean, you know, they're in the... Being in the camera and sensor space, it would only make sense to have you know, some switches and some APs that could be in those type of environments that we already support right. with sensors. So yeah, maybe if people raise their hand and say, I want this, maybe they'll like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll work on re-engineering the firmware so we can go to the, to the Meraki cloud, but yeah, it should, should be hardware capable if that ever comes up. Nice. Sounds like they're future proofing. And the curb stuff is really cool because uh, for anyone that has not caught our Fluid Mesh episode, we got to do an interview with two of the three founders of Fluid Mesh to talk about nice. how it became, what it does, how it does it, and really, really incredible stuff on how it works. So that's that's really cool that it can uh, it can run that because that's it's unfortunate, but there's only been a couple of times I've had the conversations around Fluid Mesh with customers, um, and I've got my my buddy Dave Gutshell who was on a couple episodes ago. Um, he was working with uh uh what the heck was it i think it was um i think it was i, th- I want to say it was space mountain uh the roller coaster space mountain that has all these different sensors on the um <clears throat> on the the individual cars and if the thing l- loses one packet the ride comes to a complete stop and they use they utilize fluid mesh to consistently have those connections it's really Hopefully cool it's stuff. Not when it's upside down in a loop or something, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of roller coaster uh, stuff going on lately in the news. <laughs> that was crazy. That, uh, that video, that that track, just kind of moving side to side. Whoops! Nope, Ugh. not for me. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I don't mind those, but like you know, I I I was always kind of the roller coaster guy, but now in my in my larger stature. When the uh, when the bars don't click right, or they're kind of you know <laughs> using two people to push them down, and they're looking down and they're like, "It's not green yet. Hold on!" And they do it again, like, "Okay, it's good enough." And I'm like, "No, it's not. Like, let me go. no. I don't want to be on this anymore." <laughs> and I only go on because my my daughter she's she's a, 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 a an adrenaline junkie. She loves mm-hmm. going on these things, and now she's old, like she's tall enough now she can go on it by herself, but. I've had to go on with her a couple times, and I'm like, I don't like doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I know we're gonna. We I know we have a hard stop at 10:30. I know we got a couple more things, but you know, if there's just any other kind of uh, high level um, last second announcements that you want to go over, Alexis, I'll, I'll open it up to you there. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll really quickly go through data center. So one of the biggest data center announcements was that they're putting sustainability information into Nexus dashboard. So many of our customers have ESG or sustainability initiatives, and we're trying to give them more tools and reporting in solutions they already have, which I'm a huge fan of, right? Who doesn't love extra functionality? Um, so now there's mm. going to be a new dashboard inside of Nexus dashboard that's going to give you power consumption model, uh, power consumption monitoring, um, some real-time data around both your servers and your data center as a whole, um, stats around cooling efficiency, and it also integrates with other IT power management providers. So some cool sustainability stuff. I know everyone's always looking for more data around that, so it's nice to see it being integrated yeah. into something we already have. No, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense because, as you said, customers are they're asking for it. They need it uh, for whatever whatever metrics they need to capture for whatever regulations or compliances uh, that they uh, that they're upheld to. So cool stuff. Yep. Um, and then uh, I was the the last thing we should probably go over. Um, I know Sal has a, a couple of things on the collaboration side. Um, yeah. But from but from Thousand Eyes. Um, there was a whole bunch of announcements around Thousand Eyes where it's starting to be integrated across the portfolio. Um, so most recently, it's been placed inside of the Meraki MX devices um, to help provide extra visibility into the Meraki SD-WAN solution and the WebEx Room OS devices. So any kind of Cisco um, endpoint is now going to have the ability to run that Thousand Eyes agent to get end-to-end -end visibility. Which is pretty so cool. you did a video on this, didn't you, recently? With Alexis, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was in the beginning showing the, the poor quality. I had to build a, a WAN emulator to get the quality <laughs> so poor. And I got to tell you, the improvements in WebEx, like I was, was up like 13, 14% packet loss, like yep. 300 milliseconds of round trip delay. And it still was looking good. And I'm like, what the hell do I got to do to make like a crappy WebEx call these days? <laughs> you know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's, it is really true. Like, the days of like having a single, you know, a couple packets dropped and be everything just like looking like you're getting beamed up. Um, you know, it's funny because we're we're on we're not on WebEx when we record this. We're on a different platform and they don't have that technology. So everyone's video is coming in good on my end, except for Alexis. Alexis keeps looking like she's getting all pixelated and getting beamed really? up. Really? Which is fine because oh, on the final sorry. recording it'll look that's eh, not your fault. The final recording it'll look fine, but it's just it's just the live stream that that it does that. And I'm like, man, if they had, you know, some type of WebEx integration here, like this wouldn't be an issue. It it does not happen on WebEx. There's there's so much that they've done recently to to um, help the, you know make the thing so elastic that if you even if you do have ten percent packet loss, it's it's fine. It's working great. Well, I, I think they announced recently, and again, it goes back to pervasive AI, but using AI to supplement the images if they're not coming mm -hmm. through clearly, which is wild. So if I turn into a giraffe all of a sudden, just for a couple <laughs> frames, it's it's AI's fault. <laughs> Probably would turn me into a hippo, though, not a giraffe. I don't have that long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Why is a hippo on WebEx? <laughs> so that's cool. We're putting thousand eyes and everything. Um, Sal and, and, and Alexis, you guys uh, did that awesome demonstration of, of how it works. I'll make sure to put that uh, in a link as well. Um, what about any new uh, hardware announcements on the WebEx front? So the Roombar Pro is a new announcement. It's a, a dual camera meant for medium size room. So 
You've got the, the three camera system, which is gonna be meant for a little bit larger, the two camera system, which is gonna be for medium, and then the one camera system, which is gonna be for more like, you know, small, I've even had some customers use it in like personal offices. Um, but those are kind of your, your three, your three system lineup. Um, and then, you know, the Roombar Pro, the two camera system, that'll be good about 20 feet ish. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the quad camera, uh, the three cameras, and it's got the overview lens on it, that's good for about 30, 30 feet of a room. If you need to go larger than that, Basically, what you do is you get the quad camera, and then you add on the PTZ 4K camera, and that'll allow you to shoot a little bit further than that that 30 feet room. And we've got some really cool technology coming together as well, where if you do have multiple cameras in the room, we're going to be stitching a lot of that technology together now. Uh, they're calling it cinematic meetings. Uh, this mm. was announced at one of the other events a couple months back. Um, but if we could take like three cameras now and switch like like we got a full TV production crew inside the room using all the different cameras to really stitch all the the frames and everything together. So that'd be really cool when that comes out. Um, quick quick story on the on the the Roombar Pro that came out. So I got wind about probably two weeks before Cisco Live that this thing was actually coming out. I was all excited about it and everything. The announcement was made. I hit up one of my best customers. I'm like, hey, Derek, yo, there's a new camera. You guys are building a new office. I think this thing would be perfect for you guys. And he's like, oh, yeah, we, we already tested that thing like two months ago. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we had to sign all this like documentation and everything. He's like, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell anybody. I'm like, how did this like happen? Wow. That's funny. <laughs> and then he's like, dude, it's the best system you guys have ever released. The quality, the way that it... The way that it uh, zooms in and does the speaker tracking, he's like, everything has been improved on this camera. He's like, it's phenomenal. That's awesome. You know what what I'd like to see? Um, I would like to see, and maybe this is coming, maybe this is a very difficult thing to do, but on many times when I'm on a WebEx and there's two people talking, maybe a question and answer or, you know, different people on different sides of the desk. And of course, with um, with the way the WebEx cameras are set up right now, um, it will zoom in on one person, maybe get the person next to them, right? It won't like just cut off their head. It'll probably group them t- t- both together. That person's talking. The other person's on the other side of the table, so it'll switch over, but it'll take a second or two. It'll be like, okay, is that person really going to talk or is that person just, you know, coughing? Okay, they're they're talking, so I'll switch over. And it has to switch back and forth, but a full screen. I would rather it do like split screen with those two people on at the same time. It does. It does that. It does that? Yeah, Brian, that's a thing. It's called frames. So (laughs) frames, there is, and I did a demo of this on TikTok um, just a couple days ago, but it'll split the screen on up to four quadrants so that it eliminates white space in the room to try to give that end user a better experience. Wow. All right. Well, see, this is what happens when I don't even (laughs) worry about what everyone else is doing in the other spaces. I just focus on the security stuff. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, good. I'll, uh, I'll wait for my, uh, my, uh, my, my check there for giving them a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Cool stuff. Um, Tom, any, uh, any final questions for our team as as we wrap things up here? No, I, I think this was, uh, this was great. And I think, uh, you know, kind of to the point of this would seem to be a very software heavy live, which is, you know, very indicative of the, 
the vision that Cisco's had in the last couple of years to be yeah. thought of more as a software company and not just a hardware company. So looks like we're definitely trending in that direction. Software doesn't suffer usually from the same supply chain issues as hardware. So, you know, it makes, it makes sense. It, al- it allows you to get it out there. So cool stuff. Um, Alexis, I'll give you an opportunity for any final thoughts uh, uh, as we wrap things up. Cool. Um, final thoughts. You should go to live next year. I don't know what other thought you could have. It was, it was such a great experience. So, um, if anyone out here is listening and you haven't been to live, I highly, highly recommend it. And hopefully I'll be there again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna, gonna vote to go out there and be like, Hey, you need to send me out there. It's been, been too many years now. Never gone. Let's go. Cool. Well, thank you, Alexis, for that. And thanks for sharing your, um, your experience with that. Sal, any uh, final thoughts for you? Final thoughts. Go Bills. This is going to be their year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We've been so successful in keeping sports out of this for so long, but, you know, yeah, sure. Okay. Go Bills. <laughs> Where are they again? <laughs> <laughs> the only real New York team. The only oh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, we're going to get some hate mail for that one. All right, cool. So Go Bills uh, is all Sal has to say. Be sure to check out both Sal and Alexis on their uh, various social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I don't know. I'm just on LinkedIn. Uh, Tom and I are on LinkedIn. I don't, And, of course, our YouTube channel. Be sure to like and subscribe and uh, share everything out. And uh, until next time, this has been ConfT with your SE. Stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of ConfT with your SE. For more information and resources on today's topic and others, check out the show notes on our website at conft.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.